Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Galatians part three, I'm excited about today. Galatians part three, go to Galatians chapter three. We're gonna read two verses. We do this in summaries of verses, passages, uh, chapters. Today we're gonna be reading two verses out of chapter three that I think are going to help us as we think about Jesus, love Jesus, walk with Jesus together. I'm excited, I'm telling you, I love that our church is doing this together. Almost 2,000 people reading the Bible together. Come on, growing in Jesus, amen? Come on, I love it. I love Galatians and I love that Columbia is gonna win today in Jesus' name. All right, go to verse 13. (laughs) If you're there, can you shout amen? Amen. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen as well. Verse 13 says this. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Another translation says, who is hung on a tree. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So that by faith, somebody say by faith. So that by faith, we might receive the promise of the spirit. So that by faith, we might receive the promise of the spirit. I heard one commentator said that verse 13 and 14 really summarize all of the gospel altogether. I love it, those two verses. Today, I want to talk to you from this theme, and I want you to write this down. I want to talk to you from this idea. Don't forget the promise. Don't forget the promise. Look at the person you're sitting next to. Tell them, don't forget it. Come on, look at three people all around you. Tell them, don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Don't forget the promise. Come on, why don't we pray before we get started talking about Jesus. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love with us and toward us this morning. Thank you for this beautiful, hot Miami weather. Thank you that we can enjoy your presence in the middle of it. Have fun across five services, two locations. God, thank you for what you're doing at Calvary. Jesus, have your way as we read through scripture that you would open up the eyes of our heart. I pray that if anybody walked in today down and out, Anybody walked in today tired, weary, looking for peace, you are peace. You are our hope. You are the answer. You are love. God, we thank you for today. Have your way and give Columbia the victory in Jesus' name. Come on, all of God's people say. Oh, come on, all of God's people say. Can you give Jesus one more praise? Come on, make some noise one more time. Yesterday, as I was wrapping up uh, working on the message, we were at home. Yesterday was kind of a, a, a relaxing type of day. We, we literally were at home all day, hanging out. I was finishing the message, and it was already probably late in the afternoon, close to the evening, when uh, we became hungry. And uh, I looked at Dan, and I said, hey, let's go grab something to eat. And we decided to go Uh, find some food uh, around Miami. And uh, we were starving, really hadn't eaten nothing. We're just kind of having like one of those those chill days at home. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Decided to go out to eat and we ended up in the place where I think it's God uh, and earth meet together. Heaven provides a blessing. It's called Pincho Factory. Anybody love Pincho Factory? 
And so we were hungry. We decided to go to Pincho Factory, ate two incredible burgers. I'm trying to eat healthy, so I ate a paleo burger that they have, meaning no buns, no bread, just lettuce and meat. It was depressing, but pray for me. I'm trying to keep this figure, if you know what I'm talking about. We were there. As we were at the restaurant, I realized um, I had forgotten my cell phone at home. You, you ever forget something at home? Have you ever forgotten your cell phone at home? Come on, it's one of the worst feelings in the world. I didn't know if anybody was texting me, calling me. I don't know how long we were going to be out. And I kept looking for my cell phone on the table in my pockets. And I had forgotten my cell phone at home. Human beings, we can forget a whole lot of things. Have you ever forgotten something? Come on, we forget birthdays. We forget anniversaries. Come on, look at the spouse you're sitting next to. They better remember today. We forget people. You ever forget somebody's name? In church, it happens often. We meet a lot of people week to week, and, and sometimes we don't remember everybody's name. And so after services, sometimes we'll be hanging out, and somebody will come and be like, hey, how you doing? Brother, brother, how you doing? Right. You ever done one of those? They're like, hey, pastor, can you pray for me? Of course, God, I, I pray that today you bless my brother and my sister. I pray you bless their home because, because we can forget. I don't know if we forget more as we get older. I don't know if that's a thing, but, but, but it seems like I'm forgetting more these days than I used to forget. We forget events. We forget times. We forget things that we said, things that we promised. We can forget a whole lot. Some people are looking at the people next to them like, mm-hmm. Some of us forgot some things this morning, right? We can forget a whole lot. The other day, the same thing happens where I forgot my phone, and I'm looking all over the place for my phone, and I forgot where we were at. We were at this certain location. I go back to the car, and, and I'm like, where is my phone? I'm looking for my phone all over the place. I'm looking under the seat, around the seats of my car. I can't find the phone. I'm about to go into the location that we had been in to see if I left my phone inside, only to find out my phone was in my hand. <laughs> the entire time I was holding my cell phone. Pray for me. I don't know if it's age, but, but has that ever happened to anybody here? Come on. Where you're looking for something you already have. <laughs> Come on. Have you ever looked for glasses only to realize they're on your head? Oh, I'm not alone here. Come on. Have you ever looked for your keys only to find out they're in your pocket? You're looking for something you already have. You forgot, and so you're looking for something you already have. You already have it. Somebody say, you already have it. You're looking for something you already have. Are you looking for something you already have? It's a question I have today. The Bible says that, that God, God is a giver. God is a generous God. God gives us so much. He's already given us more than we can imagine. God, it's in his nature to give. God is a generous God. It's who he is. This is how he, how he structured. It's just, it's his being. He's a giving God. He's not a God who takes. He's a God who gives. Maybe you walked in here this morning and you're saying, Alex, I'm looking for peace. I'm looking for something in life. I just don't know what it is. It seems that nothing in life can fulfill me. I got good news for you. We have a God that has already given us more than we will ever need, more than we could ever imagine. He's a giving God. He's a generous God. Today, he wants to give you more than you can imagine. It's in God's name. He's a, he's a generous God. He's a God who gives abundantly. God is a giver. He, he gives 
to us. Today, he wants to give to you. That, this is how you know Christians that really know God is by how generous they are as well. Because people that really know God start to look like God and start to walk like God and start to talk like God. And so, so if you really, really know God, you say, wait, God has given me so much, it can only mean that I have to turn around and be giving as well. Because I didn't, I didn't deserve grace, but he gave me grace. I didn't deserve peace, but he gave me peace. I didn't deserve mercy, but he gave me mercy. I didn't have to wake up this morning, but he gave me a brand new morning. And he gave me a hot summer day in Miami. I shouldn't be alive, but he gave. Somebody say God is a giver. And so he's given us, so, so, so Christians that are stingy with their smiles and Christians that are stingy with their encouragement and, and Christians that are stingy with their gifts and their talents and their resources, they probably don't know God that well yet because the more you get to know God, you're like, whoa, I didn't deserve anything that God has already given me. I have to be generous as well because I shouldn't even be here this morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I shouldn't even be alive this Sunday morning. I, it's June 22nd, whatever it is. I, I shouldn't even be here if sin had its way with my life. And if my decisions really would have ruled me the way that my flesh wanted to go, I shouldn't be breathing. I should be six feet under. I should be in a jail somewhere or in a hospital. But God, in his mercy, he gave me joy. He gave me peace. He gave me grace. I woke up this morning. I have oxygen in my lungs. I have peace in my soul. No matter the weather outside, I have good weather on the inside because God has been gracious because God has been good. Oh, come on. He gave me a reason to smile. He gave me a reason to dance. He turned my morning into dancing. He turned my night into, oh, come on, somebody. God is good. He's a generous God. He's given us so much. I'm blessed this morning because God, he is a giver. He's given me so much. I'm, I'm blessed this morning. God has given me so much, I'm blessed. But, but have you ever forgotten how much God has given you? Have you ever forgotten what God has given you? I, because I've forgotten. There's mornings where I wake up and, and I do forget what God has given me. There are mornings where I wake up and, and I do forget his grace. And I do forget his kindness. And I do forget his mercy and his love toward me. You ever have some of those days? Where we forget, we forget. And here's the problem. When you forget, it gives way to fear. Because fear is a product of forgetfulness. The moment you forget, you begin to get fearful. I'll give you an example. The other day I walked into my office and I forgot somebody was waiting for me in my office. And I walked into my office and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know you were here. Because I forgot, I got afraid. Some of us, we've forgotten how much God has given us, and now it produces fear in our life. And that fear now turns into anxiety, and we wake up in the morning and we're saying, how can I ever find a blessing from God? I need a blessing from God. How can I get it? How can I achieve it? God, I need your love. God, I need you to help me today because we forgot how much God has already given us. And so it's produced this fear and anxiety in our life. And here's the problem. Then it turns into this thing that we try to earn a blessing when we already have a blessing. 
And you can't get a blessing you already have. You can't earn a blessing God has already given you. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter where you go. God has already blessed you. So you can wake up in the morning knowing I'm blessed. You can wake up in the morning saying I am God's child. You can wake up in the morning reminding your soul how much he's already given you. It will take anxiety off. It will take fear off your life because you recognize and realize and remember you're blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Blessed. I don't have to do nothing to get God's blessing. I don't have to do nothing to get God's approval. I'm already blessed. If there's anything I want you to remember today, it's this. The blessing is not achieved through behavior. It's actually just received by believing. It's received by believing. There's nothing you could do to get it. There's nothing you could do to earn it. You can't deserve it. God has blessed us in Jesus just by believing. There's a problem going on in the book of Galatians, in the region of Galatia, and this is why Paul is writing this letter. If you've been here the last several weeks, we've been talking about it. Paul, he's addressing a problem because Paul went into this region or into like this state and planted a bunch of churches, left pastors in charge, leaders in charge. He moves on around the known world. But now false teachers come in and they say, hey, in order to be a believer in Jesus, not, uh, not only do you have to call on his name, you also have to do a bunch of things. And they started putting Jewish customs, regulations, things like circumcision and what you eat and what not to eat in order for you to be a true believer. This section or this chapter, Paul, he begins Addressing the churches by saying, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? Paul is using some angry language. (laughs) Paul is upset. Paul can't believe that some of these believers in Galatia are now believing some of these false things that the teachers are teaching. You foolish Galatians, you you are so hard-headed. Who bewitched you? Who put you? Under a spell is really what he's saying. The word bewitched there in the Greek is literally the word for who put evil eyes on you and put you under a spell. Who put you under a spell? Are you are you serious? And then he really then he goes deep. He says, hey, hey, you remember when I first got to Galatia and I started preaching about Jesus? He says, remember what you saw. Remember what you heard. He goes, basically, he says this, you, you saw Jesus hanging on the cross. You saw Jesus paying for your sins. Obviously, you didn't see it with your eye, but he says, I preach so powerfully and I preach so vividly that it's like as if you saw him hanging on the cross. That's how he starts this, this, this new chapter. You, you saw him. Remember Remember the picture I painted for you. It's like you saw Jesus all covered in blood hanging on a cross. And the only reason you got saved and the only reason you got grace and the only reason you got made right with God is because you believed in that Jesus. Why are you now going to works of the flesh to continue that what God has started in the spirit? You believed in him. You got saved, and now you think for God to continue working in your life, you have to do something with human achievement, with human behavior. Look what he says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. He says this, how foolish can you be? (laughs) 
After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? He says, you've gotten from you've gotten from the spirit working on the inside to now trying to do something on the outside. You can't do it on the outside. You've let people put an evil eye on you. (laughs) I I grew up I grew up with with uh, beautiful parents. They're actually here right now. Uh, My mom and dad, they're they're Hispanic. Uh, they're from Costa Rica. Shout out to all the Costa Ricans. There's only like two every time you gather, 5,000 people. But we're from Costa Rica. My parents uh, completely 100% Hispanic, and uh, they've been believers as long as they can remember. And so I grew up in a pretty strict household. If you, if, how many grew up with a Hispanic mom? You know what I'm talking about. Come on, you couldn't play games. You couldn't play games with Hispanic moms. And I remember growing up at church, and, 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 and my mom, she would, she would be in the worship team. So we would be, you know, young little kids sitting probably somewhere right here in the front row in our church growing up. And my mom would be worshiping Jesus, and she'd be like, oh, I love it, I love it. And if me and my brother or me and my sister started fighting in the front row, anybody remember the eye you used to get? Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Like my mom didn't have to say anything. She didn't have to like, not one word, just one eye, (laughs) right? She used to be worshiping Jesus with the left, looking at me with the right, right? Like just, and all of a sudden she'll see us fighting and she'll just be like... That meant you better pray for God's protection because when we get home, oh, come on, you're going to meet the wrath. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It was that eye. I wonder if some of us, we've received this eye from other believers or if some of us are giving the, that eye to new people coming in. Like new people walk into church and because they dress a certain way or they act a certain way or look a certain way, we all of a sudden give them the eye. Is he here today? Look how he's raising his hands. He has tattoos all over his arms. Come on. And maybe now some of us, we're so far removed from some of that stuff, we don't remember it, but, but some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, how could he walk into church? Does he have ripped jeans? I can see his knees. <laughs> and we give people an evil eye, right? Look how she came dressed to church. Doesn't she know this is the Lord's house? Let me give an evil eye, right? Look at all that makeup she has on. All those earrings she has on. This isn't Ulta. This isn't Sephora. Take all that off. Put on a raincoat and worship God in holiness. And we give an evil eye. You know what we're doing? We're turning an internal thing into an external thing. But the gospel is not behavior modification. The gospel is spiritual transformation. The gospel, the gospel does not start on the outside and work its way in. The gospel starts on the inside and work its way out. But some of us, just like these false teachers, we want people to change the outside before it ever gets to the inside. But some of us have been walking with Jesus for 20 plus years and you still need to change a whole lot on the outside. And so who are you to measure up somebody else's journey by what's based on the outside? Come on, why don't we all focus on our own journey, love each other, encourage each other. Come on. We're walking through this thing together. But we give people that, that evil eye. 
be careful if you go down this route, because if you go down this route, then you better live this thing out all the way through the outside. And I don't know if you want to go down that route, because based on the outside, none of us will ever be good enough. None of us. You, you want to live by appearances, looks? You want to go by flesh? Paul says, are you sure? Are you sure? Because the gospel is on the interior. You want to go by, based on the outside? Be careful, because you, you'll all fail. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, Paul says this, For all who rely on the works of the law, they are actually under a what? A curse. Woo! As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. You, you want to go by the outside, Paul says? Oh, because these false, false teachers came in here and said you needed to be circumcised, follow Jewish customs and traditions, and you think by doing all that, then you'll be right with God. Keep living down that road, and you'll see you'll never be good enough. And actually, it brings a curse over your life. What's the curse? The curse is ultimately death. You'll never match up to God's standard. You'll never match up to the way that God wants holiness. Don't go down that route. He, he said the law actually will bring a curse over your life. And that's why he says, thank God that Jesus, the one who didn't have a curse over him, he became a curse for us by hanging on a tree so that then we can be redeemed through Christ Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage in chapter 3. And then, and then through chapter 3, you, you got to read it. I wish we had more time. What he does is that he begins to explain then why did the law come? Right? Why? Why? If we can never match it, if we can never live to his standards, I don't know about you, but I, I've asked this question, then, then why the law? Then why the Old Testament? Why? why? We, we, can't, we can't live up to his standard. We are all going to, why then? Well, it came to show us we needed a Savior. And it came to show us our condition. Why the law? Why the Old Testament? It will open up your eyes and say, I can't do this on my own, God. I need you. The Bible paints a picture of the law, of God's law, being like a mirror. Anybody thankful for mirrors? Come on, mirrors are so useful in life. I thank God for mirrors. The law is like a mirror because it shows you how you look. One of the greatest inventions in the world. (laughs) You look in the mirror, you're like, I look good this morning. Thank God, right? couple of Sundays ago, I remember I was getting ready to come out and preach and be in service, and, and I forgot to look in the mirror. We were in a rush, and I came out and got up on the platform and started hosting the service, welcome everybody to church, and I had left my zipper completely open. My fly was open. I didn't check the mirror, and, and I don't have really good friends like Mo. Obviously, he's not a good friend. He didn't tell me, but just kidding. He's awesome. But, but if I would have checked in the mirror, it would have showed me my condition. Human beings, <laughs> human beings, I don't know, I see people laughing. Like, human beings, if there was nowhere for us to look, we would just go crazy deep on the deep end of our sin and continue doing whatever our heart tells us what to do, whatever our flesh. But the minute you stand in front of a mirror, you're like, whoa, I see my condition now. Oh, I'm, I'm broken. I'm in need. I'm, I'm a sinner. Wow, there's, there's some wrong in my heart. My wrong, my, my, it just covers me. My heart, it inclines to wrong. I, I see my reflection in the mirror, and now I realize I need some help. 
Hopefully after dinner, you always check in the mirror to see if there's anything in your teeth. <laughs> Hopefully through life, we look in the mirror to see if there's anything in our life that needs some fixing. We look in the mirror, we're like, whoa, I, I need a savior. I'm covered in sin. This is the human condition. You, you turn on the, ch- the news for five minutes and you'll see the evil in this world. Come on, there's evil inside of us. There's wrong and sin inside of us. One man fell called Adam and sin now overtook all of us. The mirror works. The law works to show us, reflect our condition. And when we look, we say, whoa, there's no way I can live up to this standard. I'm, I, I am a sinner. What did Jesus do? Jesus came down and I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for Jesus because Jesus came down. He saw us in our condition. Come on. And he cleaned us up. He cleansed us up. His blood came and covered all of our sin. And he took every single flaw, every single shame, all of our sin. Jesus, he wiped it off. And then more than that, then he covered us in his grace. The first thing that we need to know is that we are covered by grace. We're covered by grace. I looked in the mirror and I saw my condition. I looked in the mirror and I see the reflection. I'm guilty as charged. I'm sinful. It has control over me. We were slaves to sin, the Bible says. Right? I'm sinful. I'm guilty. I'm covered. Look at my condition. I realize my inability when I look in the mirror. I realize my weakness when I look in the mirror. I realize my shortcomings where I fail, where I fall. And Jesus, he came And he covered me in grace, meaning I couldn't earn it. I couldn't deserve it. There's nothing I could do. But God, it is a gift from God. He says, you can't do it. Look, here's the standard. You can't do it. But I'm going to send my son to do it for you. You know what? Literally, this is what Jesus did. There was a mirror. And we're standing looking at the mirror. Jesus comes and he steps in between us and the mirror. So when we look at the mirror, now what we see is Jesus. I'll tell you, remind you this morning that if you're in Jesus, he's standing between you and the mirror. If you are a believer, if you've called on the name of Jesus, when you look at the law, no longer do you see yourself. Now you should see Christ Jesus and his righteousness as your reflection. The law came to reflect and to reveal, but the law can never heal. We needed a healer and his name is Jesus. Look at the Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin in order so that us in him, we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, Jesus took our condition so that we can take his condition. The prophet Isaiah paints it beautifully in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and he's arrayed me in his robe of righteousness. I was covered in sin, guilty as charged, weak, unable, filthy in sin. But Jesus came and and like a robe, he, he wrapped me up in his righteousness. I look at the mirror now and I see Jesus. Come on, anybody grateful that you're covered by grace this morning? Now, when, when God the Father sees you and when he sees me, Those of us who put our trust and faith in Jesus, he sees his son. He sees Jesus. Paul's explaining this in chapter 3. Chapter 3 is deep. I I pray you go home and read it this week. It's 
a lot of commentators said it's actually one of the deepest chapters in Galatians. Paul is trying to get the churches to understand what Jesus did, why we needed the law. And he literally, he literally says that the law was like a guardian or like a tutor. When you're a little kid and you're not doing that well in school. They would hire a tutor and the tutor would come and show you and teach you all the way until you can do it on your own. Well, the law came to teach us and lead us all the way to the cross of Jesus. It was a guardian and a tutor. It showed us our condition. It showed us the charges against us. We were lawbreakers. You look in the law and you're like, whoa, I've broken the law. I've sinned. I am a sinner. I can't meet God's standard, God's holiness. I'm a sinner. I'm a lawbreaker. Anytime you break the law, you're going to pay the price. The other day I was... I was running late for a meeting and um, I wasn't speeding, but I was going over the speed limit. And so I was in a hurry and I approached this stop sign. And, and as I approached this stop sign, it's one around my neighborhood. I, there's never cars there. And so I did one of those, those like rolling stops. Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? I did a rolling stop. Where I, I, I did stop, but I rolled through that stop. And so I just looked around really quick. I'm good. I kept going. And um, right there, I see the lights behind me. Ah, cop pulls up to my window and I'm like, hey, God bless you. How you doing, officer? Calvary Church, love you. We'd love to see you. <laughs> None of that worked. I'm, I'm a lawbreaker and, and I got a ticket. I got to pay a price for what I did. You and I, we, we see the law of God. We see God's standard and we realize, whoa, I've broken the law. I've lied, I've cheated, I've stole, I've had thoughts I shouldn't have, I've done things I shouldn't have. Every single one of us, no matter how good we think we are, we're lawbreakers. And breaking the law brings charges. And the, the Bible says that the wages of sin are death. We had a heavy price to pay and that's death. What, what do we do? We stand before the judge and we're like, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. Uh, there's a heavy charge against me and Jesus steps into the courtroom and he says, hey, all those charges against him, put, put it on me. I'll, I'll pay for that. That's what he did. He covered us by grace. And then number two, he cleared us of the charges. You don't have to pay for sin. You know, when we try to get the blessing on our own is we're trying to pay the price on our own. And us trying to pay the price on our own, we're basically saying what Jesus paid does not count. Are you trying to earn it by your own behavior? You're saying what he did doesn't count. I can do better. I can pay for it. He cleared us of the charges. Look what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Come on. Anybody thankful for Jesus? I love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful gospel. It's the good news that Miami needs to hear. It's the good news that our world needs to hear that you don't need to pay for your own sins. You don't need to try to act a certain way. And if you can't match up, then you can't come to God. None of us could. So he came to us. It's good news. It's the gospel. And Paul, he's telling the churches and he's telling us today, don't forget what God has done. Don't forget it. Don't forget God's promise. And he starts talking about this promise. Now, now I'm going to try to explain this with a few minutes that I have left, but it's a beautiful promise that God had given really humanity through Abraham. And this is what Paul is explaining in chapter 3. 
He takes it all the way back to Genesis. He says, hey, churches. Hey, all, all of the churches in Galatia. Hey, Miami, go, go back to Genesis. Go back to the beginning. You remember that God, he called Abraham out of his tent, and he told him, look up in the sky. You see all those stars? That's going to be all of your descendants. And through you, all nations will be blessed. That was the promise of God to Abraham. Now, the way that the, the, the Jewish people took it or the way that Israel took it was like all of us who now are born Jewish are blessed through Abraham. And that's the way it was going. But Paul now, he, he switches it and he says, wait a minute. God gave Abraham a promise and he says, all nations will be blessed through you and your offspring. There was a son that was going to come through your lineage and everybody in that son will be blessed, will be blessed. It's a promise. And God is not a breaker of promises. Literally, what, what Jesus did was this. Let's say I, I, I were to step in here this morning and I say, hey, this Friday, this Friday at 7 p.m., every single one of you, if you get here to this auditorium and you're inside this auditorium by 7 p.m., I'm going to show up and I'm going to give every single person inside this auditorium a million dollars. A million dollars. Can you make everybody show up? Everybody who can make it into this room by 7 p.m., I got a million dollars for each of you. Some of you know where I come from. You're like, you don't got a million dollars. I'm not even showing up. But, but imagine I said that, right? But imagine you come and at the door, they say, wait a minute. In order to come in, you got to meet certain requirements. You got to meet a certain height. You got to meet a certain weight. <laughs> you got to meet certain things. And, and you come at the door and you're like, oh, I, I thought I could make it in, but I, I, I can't make it in. And only certain people come in and, and I can't make it in. But all of a sudden... There comes this, this savior named Jesus. And he comes at the door and he says, open the doors wide open. Because no longer do you need to be in this room. No longer do you need to meet certain requirements. But every single nation, every tribe, every color, every race, now that comes in through me, can receive the promise. That's exactly what Jesus did. No longer do you have to be just Jewish. No longer do you have to follow Jewish customs, Jewish traditions. Jesus, he opened the door wide open and he said, all who call on me, you are now a children of Abraham. You are now a child of God and the promise is for you. You are a child of God. If you called on the name of Jesus, you become a child of God. No longer are you children by worth. You're now children by birth. This morning you're saying, I don't know if I deserve God's goodness. I don't know if I deserve all that God wants to give me. I don't know if I'm blessed. Have you called on the name of Jesus? If you call on the name of Jesus and if you're born again, you got a promise for you. And the promise is yours. And it only comes through Jesus. Come on, can we give God a big, big shout of praise for that? Come on, I want you to stand up to your feet all across this place. This morning, maybe you came in here and you're saying, Alex, I, I thought I had to meet certain things. I thought I had to act a certain way, look a certain way for me to ever receive what God has for me. I thought I wasn't good enough. I thought I would never meet the standard of God. You and I, we can't, but through Christ Jesus, now we can.
Come on, why don't we close our eyes? Come on, can we lift up our hands all across this place? Can we take a moment just to thank God for his goodness, for his kindness? Oh, praise the name. Come on, anybody thankful this morning for Jesus? Anybody thankful that he came and he opened the door and he said, now all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. Every tribe, every nation, every language, every man, every woman, every child. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter where you've been. When you call on the name of Jesus, you will be saved. There's a promise for you. Are you looking for something you already have? Can I tell you, you're blessed this morning because of Jesus. You have the blessing. You're a child of God because you were born again. Not by what you've done, not by where you've been, but because of Jesus, because of everything he's accomplished. Come on, can we lift up the name of Jesus? I want us to sing that out one more time. Come on, with hands extended, with voices raised. Can we begin to thank God this morning for his goodness, for his grace? Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for covering us. Thank you for clearing the charges and thank you for making us your children come on let's lift it up all across this place oh praise the name praise the name of the lord our god come on oh praise oh praise his name forevermore for endless days we will sing your praise come on can you sing it like you believe it Come on, can you sing it? Can you sing it like you believe it? Come on. I'm a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, our God. Oh, praise, oh, praise You have a promise this morning. Sing it like you own it. I have a promise. I am a child of God. Come on. Every hand raised, every voice lifted. Come on. Hallelujah. Oh Lord. Oh Lord our God. Come on, can we lift up our hands like we're children of God? Thank you for the promise. The promise given to Abraham way way ahead of time ages ago that we will be blessed because of Jesus thank you for the blessing God thank you that now in Jesus we're accepted we're redeemed we're loved and we inherit the promise I got a promise I got a promise from God and he never breaks his promises I'm a child of God Oh, come on. Some of you need to tell your soul that this morning. Come on. I'm a child of God. If you've called on the name of Jesus, come on. I'm a child of God. Come on with hands lifted. Come on. I don't about you. It puts a smile in my soul. I'm a child of God. I'm accepted, beloved, 
redeemed in him. Thank you, Jesus. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, really quick, we're about to go. But if you're in here this morning and you say, Alex, I'm far from God. I don't know God. I feel like God wants nothing to do with me. I don't, I don't think I'm a child of God. I've done things nobody knows about. Maybe this morning you're carrying around shame and guilt in your life and you can't experience the love or the peace of God. I want to tell you that he loves you. He loves you more than you could imagine. The truth is all of us are sinners. The law of the Bible shows us that none of us can meet God's standard. We all fall short because we have sin in our life. We've done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. Sin separates us from God because God can't be with sin. But, but God also loved the world so much that he gave. He gave his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin. He grabbed your sin. He grabbed all of our flaws, mistakes, failures, our shame, our embarrassment, our guilt. He covered it. He cleared us when he went up to the cross. And there on that cross, Jesus paid the price for you and he paid the price for me. The Bible says he, he took the curse when they hung him up on a tree. And he died there on that tree. They put him in a grave. Jesus was dead for three days. But after three days, we believe with all our heart, the Bible says that he resurrected from the dead. Jesus, he's alive. He's offering new life. He's offering you a promise. It's eternal life with him forever. He's offering you peace, joy. He's offering you forgiveness of sins. What a promise we have in Jesus. Today, that promise can be yours. Eternal life with Jesus. Forgiveness of our sin and our guilt. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, all across this church. Come on, as all of us are praying. Dream team praying. Church praying. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, that's me. I don't know God. I am far from him. I am guilty. I am embarrassed. I got shame. He loves you. You're in the right place at the right time. As the entire church is praying, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And if you're here and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. If you're in here, you're saying, that's me. I need forgiveness for my sins. If you're in here, you say, I want to become a child of God. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Nobody looking around. It's a private moment. Every eye closed. Every head bowed for privacy and concentration. I want you to raise your hand. Hold it up for a few seconds. I just want to see who I'm praying for. More importantly, I believe God has seen us make this decision today. When I count to three, hold up your hand for a little bit. I'll see you and then you can put it right back down. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this auditorium. Today, if you're saying, I need Jesus, I need Jesus. God bless you. 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 Amazing. Amazing. Father, I thank you for every single person making a decision today to follow you. Come on, all of us with our eyes closed, head bowed. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. In fact, the whole church, Calvary, come on, why don't we say it strong together out loud. We're talking to God in this moment. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord. And be my savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, Calvary. Can we put our hands together?
Come on, church. You know how we do it every single weekend.